Hi, Mark Dawes here. Now recently I've had quite a few people actually contact me and comment on posts in my thread who were worried about various things going on in the world at the moment, like the war in Gaza, poverty, homelessness, greed, anger, hatred. And I've recently responded to an email to someone who had those very same concerns. And I thought I'd share the content of that email with you because I know that some of you are deeply worried about what's going on in our world at the moment. So the content of my email is as follows. You mentioned that you worry a lot about many things, such as the war in Gaza, poverty, homelessness, greed, anger and hatred. However, worry won't solve the issue. In the Bible, it says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? In Buddhism, it says, worrying does not accomplish anything. Even if you worry 20 times more, it will not change the situation of the world. In fact, your anxiety will only make things worse. So if we shouldn't worry, what should we do? There is an ancient scripture which says, Hatred will not cease by hatred, but by love alone. And the great Zen Buddhist master, Thich Nhat Hanh, said, We have to work for peace by being peace. The means are the ends. War, poverty, anger, hatred, and all other negative actions, emotions, and feelings exist because of the notion of separateness seeing others as separate and different to ourselves. Separateness leads to discrimination, isolation and greed, which manifests itself from the delusions which arise due to the false belief in a separate self and a desire to protect the self against others who are seen as different and or threatening. Situations like the ones you describe will only cease when those in power come to the understanding that we are not a separate self, but that we are interconnected with everyone else and everything else in the cosmos. So, and this is a big thing for you to consider, the resentment and anger you feel won't serve any positive purpose, but merely embed you further into the delusional and wrong thinking that promotes separateness. Don't just become another part of the problem. Be the solution. What we can all do right now to make a positive change in our world is to practice mindfulness meditation. As Thich Nhat Hanh said, we have to work for peace by being peace. So by practicing mindfulness, it can help us to be present in the present moment without our minds wandering off into the future or back to the past. When we are in the present moment, we are truly alive because the present moment is all there really is. And if we use the present moment to contemplate and understand the concept of interconnectedness, we can heal ourselves and play our part in healing the world. However, this should not just be an intellectual exercise. It needs to be fully experiential. Even washing the dishes can be an act of mindfulness. The fact is, the more we practice mindfulness, the more we build up our ability to concentrate and focus our awareness. So when we practice contemplative meditation, we can do that with the right degree of concentration and focused awareness. 
There was a Buddhist monk called Fakir Rinpoche, who was imprisoned and tortured for many years by the Chinese. When he escaped to America, he was examined in hospital and they found he had tuberculosis, diabetes, a cracked spine and gangrene in his leg. In the beginning, he felt bad because he was only thinking of himself. He was worried because he was in a foreign land. He didn't have any money. He didn't speak English. He didn't have any friends. He couldn't walk and he couldn't meditate or pray. Then he realized that he was only thinking of himself, self-cherishing, which was making his situation more and more difficult. Then one day, he thought the doctors and nurses are helping me. I have medication. I have three meals a day and drink. In India and Tibet, there are people dying in the streets from hunger and cold. And if you don't have money, it doesn't matter if you are young or old, you will die. In that moment, he realized how lucky he was to be in a warm hospital, in a bed, with doctors and nurses to treat his injuries and to have food and drink to nourish him. At that point, he started meditating and practicing compassion towards the people in India and Tibet who were less fortunate than him. That helped him free his mind. He went on to state that in Buddhism there are mental and physical diseases. Mental diseases are delusions, your anger, hatred, worries and your ego. What he did was free his mind by practicing various meditations like loving-kindness meditation. The surgeons and consultants wanted to amputate his leg. He refused. They urged him to reconsider and put him under a lot of pressure to have his leg amputated. He wrote to the Dalai Lama to ask what to do. The Dalai Lama told him that everything he needed to heal himself already existed inside him and told him to heal himself and become an inspiration for others to heal. A few months later, he had healed his own leg from gangrene. The Dalai Lama also once met a Buddhist monk who had been imprisoned and tortured by the Chinese for many years. I think it was 14 years. When the Dalai Lama asked him if he was ever scared, the monk replied, yes, I was scared of losing my compassion towards the Chinese. These Buddhist masters know that the mind is the source of all our suffering. So if the mind is the source of all our suffering, then the mind can also be the source of our freedom from suffering. If we consider for a moment that when we hold onto things, attachment, what we are really holding onto are the thoughts of those things, not necessarily the things themselves, and all thoughts arise in the mind. One way we can let go is by practicing mindfulness meditation. We can close our eyes and relax our body fully and then we can simply observe our thoughts as they come and go. The natural state of our mind is to think, so we allow our mind to do what it is naturally designed to do. We do not try and block out any thoughts as that creates resistance and what we resist persists. All we do is sit in mindfulness and simply observe the thoughts that enter and leave without judgment or opinion. You also mentioned that you feel your negative emotions, feelings are coming from your ego, which is a good insight. Our egos can only exist if we see ourselves as being separate from others, an independent existing person 
with a separate self or ego. If we understand the true nature of emptiness, we will realize that all entities pop in and out of existence all of the time, which is now proven by quantum physics. Therefore, if we can understand that we are empty of a separate independent self that we call I or me, we can come to understand that we are nothing, no one independent separate self. But because of interbeing, we are connected with everyone and everything else in the universe. For example, as I'm writing this email to you, I'm looking out into my garden and I can see the trees shedding their leaves. When the leaf falls to the ground, it will decompose and become part of the soil, which will provide nutrients for the very tree it fell from. So the leaf is the tree, and the tree is the leaf. Also, leaves pull in carbon dioxide and water, and use the energy of the sun to convert this into chemical compounds, such as sugars, that feed the tree, and as a byproduct of that chemical reaction, Oxygen is produced and released by the tree, which we all need to survive. Without the leaves of a tree, we wouldn't be able to exist. So we are the leaf, we are the tree, we are the carbon dioxide, sun and water. Without any of these elements, we could not be. So we are not a separate, independent self, isolated from everyone and everything else. We are everyone and everything else. For all this to happen, the tree has to let go of each leaf, and each leaf has to let go of each tree. For a child to become an adult, it has to let go of being a child, otherwise it would never grow up to be an adult. For a person to grow, intellectually and spiritually, we have to let go of past notions of, and knowledge, otherwise we wouldn't be able to grow intellectually and spiritually. And we can do this minute by minute each day. For example, the other day, the internet in my house and our local area went down due to an outage. It was down for over a day. Many people were complaining because they wanted their internet connection to be permanent and on all of the time. But a fact of life is that nothing is permanent, not even us. My perspective on that was, okay, I can't get on the internet, and I can't get Netflix or Amazon Prime on my TV, but I can use this opportunity to let go of that attachment and use the time given to me to practice mindfulness meditation, read a book, and simply relax. Last year, my wife and I decided to give our business away, a business we built from scratch, and which was a very successful business. We had lots of advice from numerous sources, about the fact that we should sell our business, stay on as non-executive directors or as a consultant, take a percentage of turnover over X number of years, etc., etc. But because my spiritual path had diverged and taken me on a different path that wasn't compatible with what the business that my wife and I had built up, we decided to simply give it away. And that was very liberating for us. A lot of people thought we were mad, but what other people think about us isn't any of our business. Now I am free to help people in a way that is compatible with my beliefs and values. So, my dear friend, letting go is simply a process. All it takes is a decision to do so. And if you understand emptiness, ultimate truth, impermanence and interbeing, 
and meditate on your thoughts, you'll find it isn't as difficult as you think. I hope this helps.